behalf of those whose heart is loyal to the, him. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Okay, and uh, I underlined it this time to call your attention to it, to show his himself strong on behalf of those who, whose heart is loyal to him. Similar wording is found in Zechariah 4.10. Similar wording is, is found there in Zechariah 4.10. And also um, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 23 and 24. Am I God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I do not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heaven and the earth? But the very definitive passage, as I've told you before, in the Bible concerning God's omnipresence and omniscience is found in Psalm 139. I would encourage you to read that particular passage over and over again. Because we're going to be going through it in depth in the future. I've mentioned that because of this you can't fool God. We'll be spending some time there on Psalm 139. There is so much in it that we really need to meditate and pray on it. As we need to have the proper concept of God in our minds. It should be a comfort to us when we realize that God is always there to hear us and answer our prayers. But as I've mentioned before too, there's a flip side to that. It means that God is always watching. He's observing everything you think, say, and do. So if you try to fool God, you're only really fooling yourself. The past two Sundays... I digressed a bit by comparing God, the almighty, omniscient, and omnipresent God, that is, with Satan, who is a finite being, just as we are. And so we don't need to be afraid of Satan or the forces of darkness, because we serve an almighty, omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent God who is infinitely more powerful than Satan and the forces of darkness. We need to tap into that. Amen? Looks like people are covering up. You know, we turned on the fans uh, to get rid of that smoke. Okay, um, I also talked about the, the angels as messengers of God, which we read about in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, and the fallen angels that followed Satan when he rebelled against uh, God in uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses 4 and 9. We looked at some of the classic passages about Satan's fall, which include Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 
17, especially the five I will sayings found in verses 13 and 14. And uh, the last one was the most grievous where Satan said, I will be like the Most High. And that was, remember, that was his temptation to uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. He said that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Ezekiel chapter 12 verses, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 28 verses 12 through 15 describes Satan's beauty and skill with music. And he is described as being perfect until iniquity was found in him. Verse 15 of Ezekiel 28. The final scripture regarding fallen angels, and I, I haven't shared this scripture with you before. The other ones I did. It's 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4. It says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to, into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Okay, so it says that he cast them down to hell. The word translated as hell there is the Greek word Tartarus. This is the only place in Scripture in the New Testament that I know that this particular word is used. I believe it's used in Greek mythology, but nowhere else in the New Testament. And it appears to be a special place that God has reserved to keep these angels who are probably among the most vicious uh, around, most powerful and vicious. And, uh, you know, so many people say, well, you know, the devil tempted me. I fell in this area because the devil tempted me or, you know, the demons tempted me or something like that. Well, it appears like the most uh, powerful and vicious ones that God put into a special compartment so that we would not succumb to their temptations. So, I don't know. You know, it talks about there that they're reserved for the moment of judgment, whether this means their judgment or maybe our judgments. God is going to, uh, you know, release them. You know, the, the, it talks about in in, uh, uh, in the book of Revelation about how God loosed uh, three unclean spirits like frogs. Those of you that read the uh, book of Revelation, you may uh, remember that particular uh, passage. So it's like that God does release uh, these spirits, you know, in the end times. It kind of explains to me why things are getting worse and worse right now, even though there's a lot more people uh, to be tempted. You know, they're not spread uh, so thin. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, the last question that, that I dealt with before is about having garden, guardian angels. And one particular person in the congregation didn't believe that we uh, uh, have guardian angels. And I was told that, to that effect. And I, again, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, anytime you feel like I'm preaching something that is not in the Word, you know, feel free to come up and tell me. You know, this particular person did. And uh, this is a minor point of doctrine. 
And it doesn't concern your salvation one way or another, whether you believe that there are guardian angels for each one of us or not. The Bible doesn't specifically say uh, one way or another. You know, the, there's a possible reference that we have in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, where Jesus talks about the uh, angels for the little ones. And if you read that particular passage in, in Matthew 18, in context, you'll find that he is talking about children, little ones. And he said that the, the, the angels for the little ones always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Now that's kind of a, I, I would classify that as kind of flimsy. But you know what, there, there's another story that you read about too. And this is found in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, if you want to read that particular passage. And you have the story there where King Herod of uh, Judea began to persecute members of the church, specifically the leaders. And he had James, the brother of John, who was one of, the, uh, James was one of the 12 original apostles. And he uh, put him in jail. And then it says that he had him put to death by the sword. In other words, he had his head cut off. And then he proceeded to do the same thing with Peter. So Peter is in prison. Right? How, how many of you know this story? You know, Peter's in prison there. And, uh, you know, he's about ready to go out to trial and probably execution the very next day. And while this is going on, the members of the church are assembled together and they're praying fervently uh, that Peter will get uh, released. And so there in the dead of night, you know, it says that uh, Peter was sleeping uh, between two soldiers, he's bound with chains to both of them. And what happens? Angel. An angel appears right there in the, pr uh, the prison. And the uh, angel, you know, nudges Peter and tells him, wake up, Peter. And he wakes up. You know, get this. He's, he's about ready to die the next day, he thinks. But he's so at peace with God that he's sleeping. He's not tossing and turning. Oh, I'm going to die. You know, he was at peace. He knew where he was going. You know, and if God did allow his life to be taken, he was going to go up there and be with Jesus right away. Okay, so he's sleeping there between the uh, uh, soldiers, and you know the angel nudges them, says, "Get up, Peter," and the chains that he's bound with fall off. Amen. And uh, he gets up and, you know, he thinks that he's seeing a, a vision or a dream. You know, he says this, you know, he's thinking to himself, this can't be happening. And uh, so, you know, he, Angel has him walk out there right past more guards. The gate opening up to the prison itself opens up by itself. Then they go to the gates of the prison. The gates of the prison just open up too. And he walks with the angel about another block. And all of a sudden the angel disappears. And then he realizes, hey, it's not a dream or a vision. This really happened. Amen. So what did he do? 
he went to uh, uh, where he knew that it, the church was assembling and the people were praying for him. And he knocks at the door. And uh, I'll pick up from there. Verse 13 of Acts chapter 12. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a maid came out, a servant girl, uh, to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened. She didn't open the, up the gate for him. He's just there, still standing there knocking for uh, gladness. He she's so overjoyed. Hey, Peter's out there, you know. And she goes, runs, doesn't open the, up the gate for him. She runs into the church, you know, and uh, they're praying. Oh God, deliver Peter, you know. And uh, they they were, you know, <laughs> this uh, this typical of uh, uh, humanity, you know. Uh, they. They're praying for something, and then when the prayer happens, they don't even realize it, you know. And they, they said to her, you are mad. <laughs> but she constantly affirmed that even it was even so. Then they said, it must be his angel. <laughs> so my point here is, if, if whether G Peter had a guardian angel or not, the point is that they believed that he had a guardian angel. Uh, so anyway, you know, the, they're so much filled with faith that they don't even, you know, hear God answers the prayer. And they, they, they refuse to believe it. Okay, so anyway, uh, uh, Peter goes in, you know, and uh, then, then uh, of course, he took off for uh, some other place. By the way, the way this thing ends here is that King Herod that orchestrated all of this, you know, uh, he... Uh, uh, at the end, he gets his, you know, his just due. It says that he was smote by the Lord and he, he was smote with worms that ate up his insides and he died. And the reason that happened is because he had gotten up to speak to the people, delivered this speech, and they said, this is the voice of a God and not a man. And it says, because he did not glorify God as God, God smote him with worms and he died. Okay? Yeah, it was a horrible way to go. But this is what gets me about this. God did not punish him because he killed James, one of the original 12 apostles. God uh, smote him because he was lifted up with pride and accepted the praise of men as if he were a god. You know, that's what God is concerned about. You need to learn that. God is concerned about his glory. That's why you do, go overboard to make sure that you do not shame God. My whole point in bringing out that thing with the uh, uh, guardian angels is not to cause a theological debate. It's just that I was trying to tell you, even if, if you believe that you've got a guardian angel, you know what? Don't talk to it. Don't tell uh, the, the, that angel what you want it to do. Because that angel doesn't obey you anyway. That guardian angel obeys only God. It doesn't obey you. 
So you don't pray to your guardian angel or any other angels as the Catholic Church, you know, particularly they've got all these prayers to Raphael and Michael and Gabriel. And, you know, if you just go out to the Internet, and look up that thing, pray, prayers to Gabriel, you know, you'll have a whole bunch of them that are out there. You don't pray to these angels because they don't do your bidding anyway. They do God's bidding. They obey God and God alone. You don't obey, uh, pray to, to saints. You know, uh, uh, the Catholics have this medallion they like to wear over their uh, necks. And it says, St. Christopher, protect us. You know, they, they call that a Christopher, you know. Of course, we don't have that because we don't believe that we pray, pray to the saints. Again, I don't think those saints can even hear you. And furthermore, you know, you're just as much of a saint as Christopher is. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. If you're saved, you are a saint. Amen. So you don't need some... Uh, church like the Catholic Church saying, oh, we're going to make this person, you know, uh, a saint, you know, like uh, Mother Teresa, you know, we're going to make her a saint. She was a saint. I'm just as much a, a saint as uh, Mother Teresa was or anybody else. Amen. So don't pray to them because they can't help you anyway. And don't pray to Mary. Okay. You pray to only one person. One, I should say, one God. You just pray to God alone. Now, you can pray to the individual members of the Godhead. For example, we're praying for uh, uh, revival. We want a Holy Ghost revival. How many want a Holy Ghost revival? Amen. Okay, I think it's scriptural because it says that uh, Jesus said that when he is come, that is the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit... When he is come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So I think it's scriptural to pray, Holy Spirit, bring that conviction, that spirit of conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment upon this nation. I think that that's scriptural. And of course, you, you pray to Jesus too. There's... You know, some people think that you only pray to the Father through Jesus. But there's uh, John 14, 14. Jesus said, if you ask me anything in my name, then I will do it. You can see that in uh, uh, John 14, 14. Okay, with that in mind, let's finally get into... Let's see how our time's going. Uh, we got... We're kind of running low, but uh, uh, I'll go through a few more slides. Okay, back to Psalm 139, uh, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Now, this is similar to uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 23, the second part there, which is a story of the... Uh, Letter to the church at Thyatira. It says, And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. So there's coming a day of reckoning for all of us. 
either at the great white throne judgment or the judgment seat of Christ. And while Satan is not able to read your minds, Jesus certainly can. So my question to you is, do you want him to really know what's on your mind? What's going on in your mind? If you don't think that he would be pleased with what you're thinking on, then clean up your act while you can. In fact, that's the very way that Psalm 139 will conclude. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, that should be our prayer every day to make sure that our minds are, <clears throat> are pure and our hearts are pure. Make sure as we begin the day that we begin the day in, in pureness of thought and heart. Verse 2, verses 2 through 4. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend, and the Greek word there, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word there means scrutinize. You know, how many are going to go watch the football games this afternoon? Well... No? Okay. I probably will. I know some of you will too. Okay. So anyway, uh, while the football game is going on, the two teams line up and the offensive and defensive coordinators for both teams are sitting up there, you know, high in the press section in the uh, booth up there and they're looking at these formations and what are they doing? They are scrutinizing them. They're trying to analyze them, trying to find out what the other team is doing. Okay, so according to this, that's what God is doing. He is scrutinizing our, our path and our lying down, and he's acquainted with all of our ways. Verse 4, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Now my plan last week, before I kind of got bogged down talking about the abortion issue, was to go into what James says about the tongue in chapter 3. I was going to play, 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 you know, uh, upon what... Uh, Build upon what's uh, writ written there in verse 4. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. But then, you know, this past week, I noted that there's a progression in verses 2 through 4 that summarizes what our daily uh, lives consist of. That is what we think, number one, what we do, number two, and what we say, number three. So we need to go through those first two before we get into uh, the tongue. So, 
I felt that I need to preface everything else in those three verses with our thought life. And when you think about it, in your thought life, that's where it all begins, doesn't it? Amen? Okay, our thought life. You know, my sitting down and my rising up, you understand my thought afar up, off. Now, I want to preface this uh, part about the thought life with an overview of the makeup of man. Man is a tripartite being. What do I mean by uh, tripartite, uh, tripartite being? What do I mean by that? It means there's three parts to man. According to Paul, he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, overview of the makeup of man. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the spirit of man is first of all mentioned there. A lot of people, you know, uh, you know, reverse the order there. They say that man is body, soul, and the spirit. But the, you know, the order that Paul gives there is spirit, soul, and body. You know, the, you know, one of the uh, uh, theologians, or you know, one of the uh, uh, teachers that I heard puts it this way. He said that man is a spirit, he possesses an immortal soul, and he lives in a physical body. And of course, that lasts until the point of death, and then the immaterial part of man, the spirit and the soul, depart from this life, leaving the body behind as just a, an empty shell. But the spirit is the innermost part of your being. And it is dead. When I say dead, I mean separated from God. We are born spiritually dead. Paul wrote, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. When Adam and Eve uh, sinned, they died the very, not just the very day, but the very hour and the very minute they chose to disobey God. That is, their spirit became separated from God, whereas before it was in unity with God, and they walked with Him in sweet fellowship. Okay, so spiritually dead, your spirit is separated from God until you are born again. Or as the Greek reads in that particular passage, it doesn't just say born again, it says born from above. And it's this part of man, the spirit of man, where God may reside in when a person becomes born again, in the Christian, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And it is here that we also communicate with Him. And this is the advantage of the prayer tongue, which I've emphasized before when talking about praying in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Because when you pray 
in your prayer language, your prayer tongue, you communicate directly with God and you don't allow your mind, your understanding to get in the way. Because we really don't know how to pray with the mind of God unless we, you know, submit to this prayer in the spirit. You know, you've got to be able to pray, you know, your prayer should be in harmony with what the what God wants to do in your life. So often we're praying for healing and maybe God doesn't want to heal us at that particular time. So, you know, you can get sidetracked by your intellect. Your mind gets in the way and human understanding get in the way. Okay, also, the soul of mine is at least tripartite tripartite I'm going to try to say it right tripartite that is three parts and those three parts are at least and there may be more too and I was reading one Christian author who came up with a, a lot of different uh, parts to the soul also uh, it's at least your emotions your will and your intellect and the latter, of course, the intellect is where the thoughts uh, originate. In reality, the will and the emotions pay, play a key role in your thought life. For it is in the will that we choose to dwell upon the thoughts that pop into our mind. You know, I was talking to uh, Lane before the, uh, uh, the service and he was telling me that very th same thing, that uh, you choose to what thoughts uh, that pop into your mind that you dwell on. We're going to talk a little bit about more about that a little later on. You know, you can you choose. You have the choice to either accept that thought or reject it. And if you accept it, then you sow an act, and then you uh, reap. Reap a habit, you sow a habit, you reap a uh, character, and you sow a character and you reap a destiny. And the further you go into that, the harder it is to get loose. That's as we're going to see, is what Paul means when he talks about pulling down strongholds. Okay. So, the heart is also of the most, utmost importance. And we, when we talk about uh, the heart, what are we talking about? We're largely talking about the emotions, right? In the book of Proverbs, it tells us, Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Okay? So, once again, the heart and the will work hand in hand. How is that? You know, for the will chooses what it is going to uh, love. Either God or ourselves or something else in our lives that might be termed an idol. You remember when we talked about the return of the gods. We talked about the different idols that these pagan cultures 
worshipped. They had all these different gods. Well, you know, we do this very same thing too because we set up a lot of different idols in our life. And God is not going to put up with that. God wants to have you and to have you worship Him and Him alone. Not these other times that we use that waste up so much of our time and energy. Okay, I'm going to end up with this. John warns against misguided love. And, you know, this is one of the... 1 John chapter uh, 2, verses 15 through 17. It's one of those scriptures I've quoted to you many times. And, you know, I want you to all take note of them. It would be nice if you could... Uh, Memorize them, but if you can't memorize them, at least know, you know, be familiar with the passage and know where to find it. The Apostle John writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of the, God, uh, the Lord uh, abides forever. The will of God abides forever. So these are not only the three areas of temptation, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, but also area, three areas of life that we can fall in love with. And John's point here is that you cannot love these areas of your life and love God at the same time. If anyone loves these things, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, now I'll, I'll stop right there and we'll pick up again next week. You know, I had planned to go all through all three, but... Uh, we just didn't have enough time. By the way, um, the uh, schedule right here of uh, election. I'm going to post this up on the board. Uh, you know the uh, you know the board in the back there that will give you the uh, uh, times to, to uh, uh, for the elections. You know the registration times and so forth. <clears throat> okay. Father, we come before you, Lord, and uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, we would not be guilty of uh, allowing these areas of temptation and areas of our lives to become more important than you are to be. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, guide and direct uh, our lives and help us, Lord, to make you number one in our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we've got some things that we really need to pray about. Okay, uh, some uh, praise reports in here about uh, Judy being healed of her burns. That's my friend, and she did text me on Friday night, and she says she has no scar, 
no redness, no anything. So, okay. Lane's ear opened up. That's a lot. Praise God. Okay, so praise God for that. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, some other uh, prayer requests. We pray for Donna with uh, her cancer. Okay, pray for Willie. I need to call up Willie uh, uh, this afternoon as soon as we get home and find out what's going on with him. Uh, he told me it was a tumor, and now they're saying it's a brain bleed. Pray for Sam. They were talking like Sam had progressed enough. He, he's the one, he's only 14 and he had a uh, um, cardiac arrest. And he is now at the Children's Hospital down in, uh, in uh, Phoenix. And he was supposed to maybe come home in the next couple of weeks. But now they said that he's going to uh, be staying there. For at least another month. Okay. Um, other prayer requests? That's for traveling mercies <clears throat> on our trip to Thailand. for uh, DK DK Dave and Kitty Dave's not here today okay pray for Sean pray for Trent um Continue to lift up Bob McClay. He's been doing okay as far as I know. He hasn't told me anything about uh, <clears throat> any more infections. Okay, other prayer requests? Here's our Right, I've got her. 
got Teresa, Larry, Laura, and Mary Woodward. Other prayer requests? Uh, Tammy and Ty's. Tammy said that her and Ty's had little colds. That's a, a cold. Feeling well. Okay. Who? And Terry Lynn, too. Okay. Okay, other prayer requests? Pray for our beautiful little town and the nice weather we've had. Amen. They're expecting maybe rain next week. So, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, Dolly, Dolly had to drive in the snow in her little Malibu. And she's never driven in snow before. Can't say that anymore. Yeah, I wish she had called me so I could have picked her up in the Sorrento. But there was a guardian angel with her. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad some people believe in guardian angel. <laughs> Who believes in a guardian angel, by the way? I got one. You believe you got a guardian angel? Yes. Okay. Some people don't. Okay. It's all right. Well, if they exist, they're there, whether you believe in them or not. You know, speaking of policemen, you know, the, one of the uh, town marshals uh, followed Dolly all the way from about the, did you say the state line, sweetheart? Yeah, they might have noticed that, yeah, yeah he, she was kind of driving erratically, you know, in that uh, snow. But anyway, he uh, followed her all the way home, and then he stopped to, you know, those big black trucks that they drive. He stopped it right out there, uh, you know, when she went in, and then uh, started chatting with her when she got out of the car and wanted to know if she was all right. (laughs) And see, see, Dolly doesn't like police because she's from Thailand where they're, you know, notoriously, notoriously corrupt. And I tried to convince her, no, Dolly, the, the police over here, for the most part, you know, you can't say for sure with all of them, you know, they're, they're the good guys. And so uh, uh, I don't know if it was Jason or Andy that uh, talked to her, you know, out of the uh, two town marshals. But uh, anyway, it went a long way towards convincing her that, you know, they are the good guys. Hey, our next door neighbor in our house in Kanab, you know, he's uh, he's a uh, uh, state trooper, I think. Yeah. His name is Nick. So I say, well, that's a good name for him, you know, because if I need a policeman, he'll be there in a nick of time. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving along here. 
Okay, so Fridoni and uh, Kanab with the the rain. Let's uh, pray that we will get an adequate amount of rain this winter because yeah. we're uh, catching up, but we were pretty far behind there for a while. Okay, so uh, rain. Rain and snow. Any other prayer requests? Okay. Thailand. Yeah, the the nations that we always pray for. Nations, family and friends. Okay. Unspoken request. Okay, any other prayer requests before we go to the Lord in prayer? (coughs) Let's go before the Lord. Lord, we come before you and uh, we pray. Praise and thank you, Lord, that you answer our prayers. Pray that you'd be with Israel, Lord, and protect all of the uh, Jewish people there and other people, too, within Israel's uh, borders. Lord, with all these rockets that are being shot towards them, Lord, I pray that none of them would reach the ground and harm anyone, harm or kill anyone. Lord, uh, be with the Israeli Defense Forces as they go through Gaza, Lord, and uh, seek to root out all of the... uh, Hamas and all the bad guys that are over there, Islamic Jihad, and Lord, especially that you, they would be successful in bringing to justice the perpetrators of the October 7th atrocities. And uh, Lord, we also pray for a revival there. I pray, Lord God, that uh, the Israeli people, the Jewish people would turn towards you more and more, Lord, as they can see the day swiftly approaching, Lord, of your return. That these Jewish people would find their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and receive him as their Lord and Savior. Pray in Jesus' name, too, that you would... uh, uh, We pray against this anti-Semitism that's been causing such havoc, Lord, among Jewish people worldwide, even on our university campuses, Lord, where we've had uh, university presidents and other leadership that are unwilling to stand up there and speak out against the anti-Semitism that might be there at the college or university. And Lord, we know that these university students who should be our brightest, Lord, in our country, Lord, and they're being deceived, Lord, because they're only hearing one side, Lord. They're hearing the Palestinian side. So, Lord, I pray that you would wake them up and help them to really examine the issue from both sides. And, uh, Lord, take care of them. And uh, we do pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
Well, Lord, that the war would end soon, but Lord, we pray that it will not happen until they've been able to obtain their objectives of wiping out Hamas and all the other ungodly elements. Help them to set up a government there that would be favorable towards Israel, Lord. And uh, Lord, where people will not hear all this hatred and vitriol spewed out towards the, uh, the Jewish people and Israel in general. Pray for Donna, Lord, with her cancer, for healing. Yes, Pray for healing, Lord, with uh, whatever's going on with her, his head. And uh, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to him. Pray for Sam, Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't know if it's been a setback, but he's going to have to stay there at the children's hospital for another month. So, Lord, we do pray for healing. Pray for a supernatural healing, that it would be a sign to his FLDS family that you are king, that you are Lord, and, Lord, that you do answer prayer because they know that we have been praying for them. Pray for Teresa Maxell, Lord, for healing with this uh, congestive heart failure. Pray for uh, Pastor Sandra, Lord, for healing for her and uh, lessening of the pain that she feels from prior injuries. Lord, we pray for uh, Pam and Ethan and Trevi. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, heal their... uh, Digestive issues. Pray for Ethan and Trevi, Lord, for their thyroid glands. Pray a special prayer for uh, Ethan, Lord, that you would uh, allow him to breathe normally, Lord, and not be dependent on oxygen. Lord, we don't know what's going on with his lungs, but Lord, we pray for healing for him. Pray also that he'd stay warm. Lord, he's so thin, Lord, and uh, it's easy for him to get cold, especially during this time of year. Pray for Larry Larson and his knee, for uh, Laura, with uh, that she would remain cancer-free. Pray for Mary Woodward, Lord, with her Alzheimer's. Pray for uh, Dolly and myself, Lord, give us traveling mercies as we fly there to Thailand and back. Give us a good Visit and help us, Lord, to uh, witness to our unsaved relatives. We also pray for uh, Dolly's friends, Lord, for Pranam and uh, John, and uh, also her older sister, Pinet, Lord. Pray for healing for her with her uh, diabetes, and uh, Lord John with his. Alzheimer's and recovery from a stroke and give Pranam strength, Lord God, to uh, be able to get the wood chopped and uh, the other chores around the house that they have there in Alaska. Lord, they have to rely on wood to keep warm. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give her the strength that she needs. Lord, pray for all three of these people because they really need to find you and to know you, Lord. They're getting up there in years. The day of reckoning is going to come for them, Lord. 
So, Lord, we pray that they might confess Jesus as Lord before it's too late. Pray for Dolly's friend, ma'am, that you would uh, meet her financial needs. I also pray for uh, uh, Dave and uh, Kitty and uh, pray that you'd uh, cut through all that red tape that they would be able to... uh, that Kitty would be able to come here and rejoin her husband, Lord. Pray for Sean and Grace, Lord. Pray for the financial provision for them. Lord, we pray for a place to live. We also pray that uh, you would just visit them. If there's any physical afflictions that they're suffering from, bring healing there. Pray for little Jewel, too. Lord, uh, she's so young. Maybe doesn't really understand what's going on. Pray for Brother Trent and help him to attain spiritual victory in his life. And Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord God, the same thing. And help us to stay in your word. Pray for Bob Bob McClay that you would keep his foot infection free. Pray for Tammy and Tice. Lord, that you would heal them of this cold. Lord, it seems like it's been afflicting a lot of people. Pray for uh, Terry Lynn, Lord, that you would heal the broken bones that she suffered in that fall a few months ago. And pray for Lynn, too, Lord, that you would give her the grace and the strength to care not only for herself, but Terry Lynn, too. Pray for Fredonia and Canab area. Lord, we pray that you would visit us in your strength and your power. And I pray in Jesus' name that you we would... Uh, receive more rain and snow. Lord, we were far behind. I thank you that we've been catching up, but Lord, we've still got a ways to go. So Lord, I pray that you would send us that much needed precipitation. Pray for the nations, Lord, specifically here in the United States of America. And I've been emphasizing a lot of things, Lord, issues that we really need to be concerned about, so help us to be educated and know where each of the candidates and parties start, uh, stand with these. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, and uh, I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, visit us, Lord, in uh, your strength and your power, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would sweep across this nation and bring about that conviction to our hearts, Lord God of sin, Lord God, for our sins are grievous, Lord God, sins of uh, uh, immorality and uh, abortion and uh, substance abuse, Lord, and the crime that's been racking, especially our inner cities. And Lord, I pray also, Lord, that you would uh, uh, been, that you would uh, handle the, the things that are going on, Lord, at the southern borders. I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, intervene mightily in our nation. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you, for our leadership, Lord God, and that they would rule righteously according to your standards, Lord God. And... uh, Lord God, that they would uh, maintain our support for uh, 
uh, Israel, Lord. And if they refuse to follow the guidelines contained in your word, Lord, I pray that they might be removed, Lord, uh, maybe with the up-and-coming elections. And, uh, Lord, I pray for... uh, intercessors to be raised up, Lord God, that will stand in the gap. Lord, that's of the judgment. For we know that, Lord, unless we can turn this country around, your judgment is just around the corner. And Lord, there's so many things that are out there that are showing us that it may be just around the corner. I pray in Jesus' name, too, that you would... uh, Be with each person here, Lord, our family and friends, and Lord, help us to be uh, used by you, Lord, to speak to them, deliver them encouragement, help us to preach the gospel to those that are unsaved, and bring other people in their hearts into their lives, Lord God, that would speak to them, Lord, regarding your strength and your power. Lord, we pray for... Iran and uh, also for Ukraine, for Dolly's home country of uh, Thailand and neighboring Burma. And uh, Lord, we pray for your church to arise over there and be that shining light that it needs to be. And Lord, we pray for the political situations there. And uh, Lord, there's lots of things going on there too. Finally, Lord, I pray for the unspoken request that were signified by the upraised hands. Pray that you'd uh, visit us in your strength and your power. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody, have a good day and a good week. Remember, huh? One day every knee will Okay, don't forget also the... Uh, the uh, board meeting, which is right afterwards. I don't think it'll take any longer than uh, 10 minutes. I don't know. I haven't touched them.